Welcome to Voices of Taos. My name is Laura Martin-Baseman, and I'm the producer of this new podcast from the Taos News. Every week, we will be bringing you a voice from our Taos community. This week on Voices of Taos, we have Ernestina Cordova who is a native Tausinia. She has been recognized for her dedication to the Taos community by volunteering for numerous organizations, including Taos Feeds Taos, where she is on the board. She's also the president of Taos Historical Society. Welcome, Ernestina. Thank you. And you all just finished the big event of the year with Taos Feeds Taos, and I just wanted to know a little bit about how you and your husband got started with that organization. Okay. First of all, when we finished, it was, whoa, another year. You know, we've been doing it for 38 years. This this was our 38th year. And when it first started, it was uh, Jim Almer and Francis that uh, went and visited with General Baca to ask for the facilities of the National Guard and equipment. And, uh, of course, he gave him their blessing. And it's been going since. It started out maybe that first year for 150 baskets, and it's grown and grown and grown. When we moved to the new facility, we were uh, doing uh, first uh, a thousand foot baskets, and uh, they were pretty. Uh, they were boxes. You know, we had to uh, invest in buying boxes so that we could accommodate uh, the the need. Um, we at that time we did a thousand, and it's growing since. We had uh, the uh, food that we would put in the basket would feed a family for two weeks. If uh, you know, in our application process, of course we have to qualify them. The uh, thing uh, too, if uh, at the time if they had a family of over six. We would give them a little bit more just to make sure that they, you know, had enough. And uh, we just continued from there. We've been, uh, it's it's a year-round process because of the fundraising. Mm. And uh, sadly to say this year we were, we kind of, well, we weren't in trouble, but we kind of, oh my gosh, we had the demand was so great, we had to stop it because we exceeded our limit at twelve hundred. Mm. Because uh, we were we, when pandemic started, we no longer put boxes together, which a lot of people missed. We used to have three hundred volunteers show up at the armory to put the boxes together, and everybody misses that. We the. Uh, Basket recipients, that's my committee, we start in November taking applications, and we do like four days where we meet with people, take their uh, <clears throat> their information, physical and mailing address, the number of persons in the family, their income, and we go from there because we do qualify them. It's not just a give-give. It has to be—they have to be qualified. This year, we um, had to stop at 1200 because we exceeded our limit, and we were out of funds, definitely out of funds. We were, when we finished on the 1128 that we counted the 1200 
we happened to be short like 23,000 to make the... So, of course, everybody started praying. But So we reached out to the community, and we were so happy that uh, Lowe's uh, came across, and uh, they gave us 10,000. Wow. And uh, the county gave us another 10,000. Wonderful. We had uh, uh, last uh, the uh, DeVargas Funeral Home gave us 2500 and then we had donations that come in through PayPal and stuff. So we were able to do it and with a little bit of cushion to start next year. Mm. It's wonderful when we can say that we have a cushion to do next year. Well, this year we're going to have to work hard to get uh, funds to be able to do next year. I don't know, since the pandemic, we've had a lot of people, well, out of work or different needs, uh, people that have been sick, and they. Uh, I know that they do go, maybe some of them uh, do take advantage of St. James, but um, we, uh, we do it just once a year, so uh, we're happy to help people. We provide them with a voucher of uh, 125, and we also give them a ham. Now, in checking with the people, they're very happy, and a lot of them would rather just stay with a voucher than to go back to the old process of us putting baskets together because they get what they want. Mm -hmm. They're able to go to the store, and if they want to buy fresh milk, for they can buy vegetables, meat, uh, frozen stuff. We even allow them to get stuff from the deli. The only thing that we require is that they don't buy uh, cleaning supplies, dog food, liquor, tobacco, and uh, it's strictly food. We had uh, <clears throat> a little old man that came by, and he said, I don't have teeth, cannot buy soup. <laughs> oh, that was so amazing, yes. Yeah, so we said, of course you can buy soup. So he loaded up with soup, crackers, and sure, and other things that he could eat because uh, he said he had no teeth. <laughs> oh, poor gentleman. Oh, I know, but yeah. we were so happy that we could help him. Uh, we had another lady that came up to us uh, the very first year that we did the vouchers, and she says, can I buy bananas? Oh, that was so awesome. Yeah. We love that. Totally, because they can finally, like you said, choose what they want because with the baskets previously, they got what had been donated or you all had bought in large quantities. quantities. Yeah, mm -hmm. for people. That is such a cool thing. And I heard that the people at Lowe's, it's a wonderful experience for them to see the people come in and shop and get what they need, and it seems like it's just a beautiful thing for the community all the way around. Yes, it is, and Los has been a wonderful to us. They, uh, uh, of course, opened their doors to us, and uh, the first two days uh, of the program, we those that take advantage of them, we give them a hand, but it's only the first two days. And then also this year, we were surprised because we had mariachis show up. Oh, how wonderful. We used to have mariachis at the armory um, when we used to put out baskets, but uh, that hadn't happened since pandemic. And then, of course, it's hard to get the kids when they were out of school and 
this and that. So they really surprised us. They showed up, so they played for about an hour and entertained our people that came in, our uh, presenters. We had, uh, well, the mayor came in, the county manager. We had uh, different people, Lowe's, and uh, representatives from Ben Ray and uh, Heinrich's office to come in, uh, all our um, executives did us a ledger. Wonderful. And so it's always uh, nice to to hear and uh, know that they are interested. We hadn't had our uh, Senator uh, Roberto Bobby Gonzalez hadn't come in till this year. So it was really nice. At one point, he was our president. And then because he got too involved with the legislator, he had to leave. Mm. Uh, and that's when Francis took over being the president. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And and you said um, when we were talking earlier about how important it is for families to be able to pay, I mean, to be able to have a little bit of flexibility where they spend their money, especially when their their budgets are really tight. You were talking about grandparents being excited that that they have some food taken care of so that they can then get gifts for their grandchildren. Oh, yeah. And, or parents, I'm sure, too. Yeah. That was uh, one of the biggest thank yous that we got, uh, our little old ladies. And you know that the ones that we qualify, we... Um, It'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Our elders that are on social, a lot of them, of course, they have made more money than when we first started. But three hundred and fifty dollars a check for the month. It maybe went up to four fifty. I think this year, those that same people because I've been following a trail of certain people because I want to see how it goes up. Her check went up to five fifty-seven. She was so happy, and uh, so she called in. Of course, we qualified her, and then um, she had second thoughts. She called back and she said, "You know, I survive, and I've learned how to live w- with what I have. If somebody else needs that basket, give it to them." Oh, it made me want to cry. What a humble person. Absolutely. And so selfless. And selfless, yes. You said that the the number of people who've been asking for assistance and applying has gone up, that you all had to cap it at 1,200. Yes. Are there things you think, resources that we can look into here in Taos that might help kind of offset some of those financial stressors that are helping? You know that uh, this year, and I did check with St. James because when we reached our max, I went over there and uh, had a talk with them, and I said, we've reached our max. I says, what do I need to do to uh, send them to you? So they give me a little history of uh, what, but I think that they're in the same situation where donations are not coming in like they used to. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I know that we try our best. Donations were coming in uh, now that we were in pandemic. We put a request for funds in the uh, Kit Carson letter, uh, newsletter that comes out with your bill. And we, this is the second year we put it in the town of Taos water. 
so that helps. What helps on the, the ones from the Kit Carson is we get a lot of seasonal people mm. that send us big donations. And for some reason, I don't know what happened this year because the year just flew like uh, I don't know what. Yeah. Before we knew it, it was, okay, time to take applications, time to give out the baskets. It was over. And uh, it just, like, flew. So I don't know if everybody had a year like that where they weren't thinking or maybe the resources weren't out there this time. So I think we need to work with uh, some of the food pantries, too, to see how we can help each other. A community effort. A community effort to see how we can reach and help each other or get ideas from them. They get ideas from us, and and we go from there and see uh, what we can do. Well, thank you so much, Ernestina. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our publisher. Hello, I'm Chris Baker, the publisher of the Taos News. I hope you're enjoying the latest episode of Voices of Taos. Our talented staff works hard to bring you the best in local news and entertainment, and we couldn't do it without your support. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Taos News. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. By subscribing, you have 24-hour access to our online edition and receive the paper delivered to your home or business. And you also get 25 magazines covering the finest of northern New Mexico, including Taos Women, Tradiciones, and the best of Taos. To start your subscription, visit us at taosnews.com today. And I appreciate your support. We're back talking to... Ernestina Cordova, and she, besides working with a lot of nonprofits, is also involved with the Taos Historical Society, where she's the president. So how did you become involved with the Taos Historical Society, Ernestina? Well, I wanted—when I first—we first first got married, and my mother-in-law was in the Historical Society, and I always wanted to come with her, but for limited reasons— I did not get involved then. And then uh, later on, Corina Santistevan, one of Taos historians, became my friend, and we started going out to lunch, and I started helping her, and she got me involved. And before you knew it, of course, you know, Taos County Historical Society came to existence in 1952. I think back then it was like Jack Boyer, Helen Blumenschein that were the main uh, leaders on that. We, I saw the, uh, we have a, a history of uh, the first uh, people that were there, and I was reading even, we even had Tony Reyna as one of the uh, main persons there, and we had uh, Sadie Knight, and oh, we just had a, a bunch of wonderful people there. Well, Corina came back from uh, California where she had been, and she got me involved. And at first, I just started going with her to luncheons. And then one day, she asked me to help her decorate for a luncheon that they were going to be honoring. I think at the time, it was my mother-in-law, Josephine M. Cordova. And I said, sure. So we did that. We had the luncheon. And she was very pleased with me. And then afterward, she started inviting me to the monthly lectures. 
And before I knew it, I became secretary. Hmm. I got voted into secretary just because I became a member. So I was doing uh, secretarial work. And then they had started working on our book, Taos A Topical History. So they started meeting once a week to edit it. And uh, they had a list of presenters that were, or authors that were, had submitted chapters to put it together. Well, that went on. It was supposed to be the book of the millennium. Well, it was, uh, it took like, I would say 17 years for it to come to place. I keep telling people, I think it, it got edited till we were blue in the face, but one good thing is Corina Santisteban and our co-editor, Julia Moore, they were very thorough and they were very accurate. So they had to make sure that everything was correct. We um, launched our uh, Taos Topical History and it went well. At the time we ordered, because we didn't know what to expect, we ordered 2,000 of the hard copies, well, they're gone, and they're not being uh, redone anymore. We went into a, a soft cover, and that has been, and it's all over the uh, different bookstores, and it, people continue to buy it, and uh, we're happy about that. So uh, it was 2009 when I became president of the Taos County Historical Society, and at the time, Bob Romero stepped down and I took over. And since then, I the first thing I started to do is we needed to raise money to pay for the uh, book. So that was my main thing. So I've always been a good fundraiser. We had breakfast. We sold raffles. Till we made our quota. So we continue with it, and we, uh, at this point, have monthly lectures. We have a wonderful board, and I have committees like preservation. I have programs. I have membership. I have folklore. Then, of course, we're always busy. So our uh, program committee, they, they um, well, they start meeting, like, at the end of uh, one year to get them a programs for the following year and we have been very successful in the way that they choose the people and when we have our monthly lectures we have them at Kit Carson boardroom on the first Saturday of the month at two o'clock the only time that we don't have monthly lectures is January because that's our I won't even say our month off because that's when I have a retreat for my board members and we discuss the what we're doing for the year. In uh, February, it's our annual meeting, and we do voting our officers there, and I haven't been voted out yet. Congratulations. <laughs> anyway, um, we continue, and uh, we try to have two field trips during the year, and they have been wonderful field trips we even had one in October over to Fort Bergen, and uh, John Ulubacher was wonderful with that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a continuation of that particular uh, 
people were so touched, and, and we need to continue with that. We're going to be taking another group probably in April. Wonderful. In uh, May, we have our um, honorary luncheon, and we always try to honor somebody, historian, very deserving from Taos. We did honor the uh, Blue Lake, which was a big go, and uh, everybody was pleased that we did the, I think, was it 50 year or that they celebrated, and we were right there with them. Uh, we have uh, very um, different people that we have honored, but they have all been, they've all done a lot for the town. No, I want to say northern New Mexico, and uh, we've been so happy to honor them. I would start mentioning names, but I don't want to miss somebody and, and be in <laughs> <Absolutely>. trouble. <laughs> well, I'll make sure that I do a link in my notes to this program to who you've okay. honored so people can look up who you all have Okay, that's wonderful. Celebrated. Yeah. So what is your favorite historical fact about Taos? Do you have a favorite thing that you've learned about Taos that— Oh, my gosh. Uh, right now we're uh, connected to the old courthouse, which I think when they finish it will be wonderful. We are we have been there for many years, and uh, we've had upstairs we've had two, two rooms. When the uh, courthouse is finished, we're hoping that we can uh, open a museum on the top floor. Wonderful. The only thing we won't occupy is mural room because that is going to be open for different activities that the town or the county may have, and people can utilize it. But it's going to be wonderful. We haven't been having our meetings there because of um, the ADA. People have to climb the stairs, so it's unfair to people that cannot climb. And so then we will have uh, ADA, the bathrooms, and also the... Um, I don't want to say stairs. I want to say the elevator. Right. <laughs> Good. So, so people will be able to more easily access the places where you'll have meetings. Yeah. And we've had a lot of people give us gifts. We had Dorothy Randall's brother, who is a historian from Santa Fe and, from, of course, from Taos. But he used to do the walking tours in Santa Fe Plaza and stuff like that. And he used to write so he do, he uh, gave us his uh, book collection, which were 800 books. And we have since established a library and uh, archive committee, and they have archived all of them. And the one, books that are well worth, put them in the Library of Congress. We have a really wonderful archival committee. And the other thing, we have uh, gotten grants. We uh, have... A publication that's called Ayer Ioi, Yesterday and Today, which follows with our mission to preserve the unreplaceable. Ayer Ioi has been wonderful. We've had a lot of stories that you wouldn't see otherwise historic. David Cordova has been our editor, and he has been wonderful. Mm. He digitized them, and uh, we had a, a grant from northern uh, Rio Grande heritage that gave us money to digitize the Ayerioi, and uh, that's been done. 
I invite everybody to go to our website. It's, of course, TaosCountyHistorical.org. And in there you will find a lot of history, history that you couldn't believe is there. But we have our um, Ayetioi from the day day one that it started. Uh, there was a, a gap when the editor stopped till um, I took over as president and uh, David was able to help me. He does my um, his publication and also my website person and he I made him the editor for the Ayerio and it's been wonderful so that is on our website Mm, beautiful there's so much amazing history in Taos it's something we talked about before we started about how to get young people excited about history but it's tough it seems like people get more interested in history as they get older so uh, yes it would be wonderful if we could pick them out at, at a very early age but like everybody uh we don't think about it till we're a little bit older so we're hoping that as time goes we can capture maybe through the parents it can include uh the children uh we uh, publish that Ayerioi, and uh, I do pass it out to people, hopefully that—and I've heard uh, parents tell me, oh, my son just read it, and he was really impressed. Mm-hmm. And I says, whenever he wants to get involved, tell him to come see me. Yes. So hopefully in the, in the years to come, we can get the uh, young people we uh, do have from the uh, archival committee, they have now started engaging uh, people from u- the university to help them. We have people from there that are helping us with the archives. And uh, they also, uh, scholarship that we offered to see how, we, we didn't know how it was going to go, but we did have, and they were people that applied and uh, we just thought that we would have them give us like an essay on why they thought in the history of Taos. And so when we selected, when he's done with his term, one of the things that he'll have to do is, uh, of course, do a presentation for us, tell us what he learned about history and how he recommends for young people to get involved. And it's going really well. We had, I think, uh, for people that had applied. And it would have been wonderful if we would have had money to give four scholarships. But it was our first one, so we were happy. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you had one young man who received the scholarship. We had one young man that yeah. received a scholarship. Wonderful. Well, that's such a exciting thing. You are a very busy woman. What do you do when you're not volunteering or working for the Historical Society. What do you do for fun? Oh, my gosh, there's so much to do. We have, of course, our grandkids. We have uh, two that live in San Antonio. We love to go over there to San Antonio, spend time. And, of course, we go all over it. I don't know how many times we've been to the river walk, but it's always, like, nice to go. (laughs) I like to go to the old mission. Mm. and the different old missions. And uh, it's just a lot of history over there, different from ours, but it's always nice to see what they have. Um, We had traveled to Alaska, to Hawaii, to um, 
overseas to Italy mm-hmm. when my daughters were in the service. Beautiful. So we we keep ourselves busy. It sounds like very it. busy. And yeah. then, of course, uh, my husband Francis is very very involved with the veterans cemetery. So I help him with that, and uh, he helps veterans uh, get their disabilities or or the spouses they need help. He's always there. Yeah. We do a big program with the Taos Pueblo for uh, Veterans Day, and then also in for Memorial Day, we started this. Oh, I'm gonna say about uh, maybe seven years ago with the Holy Trinity and uh, Mr. Larry Torres, we started honoring the veterans with a mass mm. in the morning at the old church. And then, of course, we would feed them so, and do some presentations. So that's, we've always, we're always busy. Yeah, I can tell. But it's always beautiful to see like how much community involvement there is. Does it give back to you spending all this time in the community? Oh, yes. Especially with the Taos Feeds Taos. I tell people, if we reach one person that really needs it, my heart is happy. Mm. Ah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Ernestina. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Voices of Taos, a podcast by the Taos News, produced by Laura Martin Baseman. Our music was produced and arranged by Miles Bonney, featuring musicians Francisco Velarde, Ruben Hernandez, and Margot Macias. Please join us next week for another episode of Voices of Taos.